name is Lou Moore. I'm the president of the Washington Research Council, and I'm here today with Dr. Chris Schobloom, who is our research director and senior economist. And we are going to be talking with Emily Makings, who is the senior research analyst at the Research Council, about the tax appeals process in our state. So, Emily, how does our tax appeals process work? So, um, we have a board of tax appeals, and it hears appeals on property tax matters and excise tax matters. Um, excise taxes, of course, include business and occupation taxes. Um, if you have a property tax or an excise tax dispute, you go through, for property taxes, you go to the County Board of Equalization, and then the Board of Tax Appeals can hear, can hear those appeals if they're still in dispute. On excise taxes, um, Disputes are heard first within the Department of Revenue's Appeals Division and then by the Board of Tax Appeals and then by Thurston County Superior Court and then the Court of Appeals and then the Supreme Court. Okay, so so I'm going to stop you there just so we're clear about this. So this goes to this Board of Appeals, which is an independent body. What, what kind of an agency is that? Yes, it's an, it's an independent agency in the executive branch, essentially. Okay, so it's in the branch collecting the money, but they're not yeah, actually right. the collectors They're not part of the, of the Department of Revenue. They're a separate agency, but they're not a judicial body. So, so what kind of appeals typically are we talking about that, that, that would be involved in this process? So either if it's a property tax case, then it's usually a, a valuation um, decision. So you're, you're arguing about whether or not the county is valuing your property correctly. Mm-hmm. So you typically haven't paid taxes at that point. It's just a valuation. With excise taxes, if, uh, say, a business is, has been taxed, business and occupation taxes, um, and then they they appeal it. It's a tax that has already been paid or is due to be paid shortly. So it's a brings up a pay to uh, pay to play issue potentially. Mm-hmm. So um, we do this frequently at the research council. Compare uh, Washington's performance with other states. So how, how does this process rate? So a, yeah, the Council on State Taxation, which is a national um, trade association of corporations. Um, looks at this issue every few years and they provide a scorecard that ranks the states on their tax appeals processes. And Washington's, um, in the most recent scorecard last year, um, Washington's appeals process got a C minus. And so that put us in the bottom five states. Bottom of all 50 yeah. states, bottom yeah. five. Oops. Yeah. Okay. So, so what, what in particular uh, is going on here that leads us to be so uh, lowly, uh, lowly ranked uh, compared to other states? So um, according to costs, or they note that in Washington, taxpayers only have 30 days to protest an excise tax assessment. Um, you'd, generally, you'd like to have more time in order to prepare things and to not be so... Well, that's a pretty you know, short yeah, timeline. Yeah, pretty short time frame. Um, also, although the Board of Tax Appeals is, is independent, um, its members often lack excise tax expertise. They don't, aren't required to be lawyer, lawyers, for example. Mm-hmm. And this is a really complicated area of the law in general. Um, also, it takes a really long time from the time you file an appeal until your case is actually resolved. Right now, the Board of Tax Appeals is saying that a lot of case, a lot of um, disputes won't be settled within three years, mm-hmm. even. So they have an enormous backlog, and it takes an incredibly long amount of time to get through the system. 
Um, also, some other things that cost um, the council and city taxation notes and the scorecard. Um, our the Department of Revenue isn't bound by decisions of the Board of Tax Appeals. They lack presidential. Um, they lack precedence. So, so, so I'm going to stop you there. So, uh, in other words, if they make a ruling, that stands. But if they made a ruling in the past on an issue to give some predictability to... Uh, there's, yeah, there's no predictability. It wouldn't, it. it wouldn't apply to another case or mm-hmm. to a different... Even to the same taxpayer in a different year, it wouldn't necessarily apply to. Okay. Um, so, also, then there's that pay-to-play issue that I kind of mentioned where um, you might have to pay the tax in order to access a stage of the appeals process. Mm-hmm. So those all contribute to the C- minus that we've received. Okay, and this is again the criteria, or, or many elements of the criteria that COST was using to rate uh, the various tax systems around the country. Right, there are four essential, they, they call them essential elements of a, of a fair tax appeals process. The first is that there is no requirement for taxpayers to pay the disputed tax prior to an independent hearing. The second is that members of the forum must be experienced in state tax laws. Third, the appeals forum must be truly independent. And uh, fourth, the, the independent forum should establish the record for, f- for future appeals. Sure. And, and just for our listeners, uh, who who is COST? Who, who are these folks? Uh, it's the Council on State Taxation. They're a, a trade association of multi-state corporations. Mm-hmm. They're well, the, well regarded in the tax community. Sure. And they, they have a number of, uh, of experts that they yeah. rely on to, yeah. to make these evaluations. Okay. So what do some of the states do that are getting high marks in this area of tax appeals? Um, some states have actually standalone tax courts that seem mm-hmm. to work, do a better job. Um, and a number of states have uh, followed the example of the American Bar Association, which has created a model act that um, shows states how you might set up a, a tax appeals forum that kind of abides by these essential elements. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure what, I can't remember what the top vote getter or the top ranked states were in this latest one, but they typically are independent they no prepayment or as little prepayment as possible and um long longer periods for filing mm-hmm. disputes that sort of thing sure so what what is happening now in the legislature i understand there's a little bit of activity in this area yes just um earlier this month the in the senate sb 5866 was introduced and it would um it would create a standalone tax court Mm-hmm. Kind of at the same level as the Court of Appeals, basically, but not part of the Court of Appeals. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, there was a bill that was passed by the state Senate that would have created a tax appeals division within the Court of, De- of Appeals, mm-hmm. but that wasn't passed by the House, so it kind of stopped there. But this one would actually um, have a standalone tax court. Um, they also pr- introduced SJR 8209, which would amend the Constitution to allow them to create this extra court. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so under the tax court idea, there would be the judges. They would have actual tax judge, um, you know, lawyers who became the judge who would be voted in to be judges. They would have to have not only would they have to be lawyers, but they'd have to have experience in state tax law. Mm-hmm. Um, they would there would be no prepayment requirements except in a few cases um and 
well, the precedential issue, not yes. presidential, but yes. precedential yeah, issue that, that you key. mentioned would yeah. be, uh, would that, they would fix that. Yes, that would be fixed. Um, and there, so, yes, there would be, they would have precedence, there would be a timeline, they'd have to make decisions within six months of submission, so it would ideally shorten the time frame mm -hmm. that it takes to appeal. Um, and there would be a there would be separate departments based on how complex your case is, kind of keep things moving along. Sure. Um, the cost had said about the bill in 2015 that the provisions would move us to an A minus ranking okay. on their scorecard. So it would, and the the new bill is is very similar to that one, except it would be a standalone court. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Chris, uh, other than the obvious fact that, that, that there could be more fairness for an individual taxpayer, what are some, what's the economic implications of this? Well, I think that, that um, um, the current appeals process um, um, creates a fair amount of uncertainty as to what a business's tax bill is going to be, especially for a new business coming into the state. Mm -hmm. um, and I think having a, a, a cleaner, clearer appeals process, and particularly with this, with the precedents being set down that have to be followed, um, w w would greatly increase the uh, attractiveness of the state as a place to do business. Okay, that is an important thing yes. that we harp on constantly at the Research Council. So, um, anything else, either one of you, about uh, about this development in tax appeals and about uh, our report? Well, this issue has been hanging around for quite a while. Mm -hmm. um, there was a bill uh, in the last biennium, was there not? In 2015. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it, it's nice to see some movement this, this year, and hopefully we can... Uh, come to a resolution. Is that Senator Hobbs that's a prime sponsor on this? I believe it is. That sounds right, but I... Yeah, I, right I, I believe he's one of the sponsors, yeah. so it, it sounds like there's a bipartisan flavor, at least in the Senate, uh, to... Uh, yeah, and so far there's been nothing introduced in the House, and the Senate bill has only received one public hearing so far, but it's but it was just introduced, so mm -hmm. see how it goes. Okay. All right. Um, this is Lou Moore. I'm here with Chris Showbloom and Emily Makings. And thank you so much for joining us.